Hey everyone, welcome back to my Blackadian universe. It is Black History Month, uh, February, um, and I thought in celebration of that, uh, we would talk a little bit about Black history, the history of, you know, Black people, but also I want to talk about you know, where um, I envision our future, um, what I hope the world will look like in the future. So um, yeah, let's talk about it. I am lucky enough um, in the work that I do, in my um, work, I'm leading um, an anti-black racism initiative in my work and um, it's wonderful that uh, my organization is wanting to do this type of work and also it's interesting for me because I get to um, get paid to just do a lot of research and reading on something I'm <laughs> very passionate about. Uh, so I recently watched um, a film that was made uh, based on the work, uh, the last work of uh, James Baldwin, I Am Not Your Negro, and is the title of the film. And it's excellent. It's a very... Um, thought-provoking and powerful film I encourage you to uh, watch it if you can um, it's free uh, on like YouTube I think is where I watched it so yeah just um, I, I encourage you to um, to watch it if you can and um, so some of the the James Baldwin is just he's so quotable he um, obviously is an excellent uh, writer speaker and um, thinking of black history you know um, he mentions uh, that in an interview he was doing that America and you know white people they needed black people you know they stole people from Africa as slaves and you know brought them over here and you know Americans needed us to pick um, cotton and now that they don't need us anymore to make their money and to pick the cotton um, you know what how are they going to reconcile that with bringing us into the country bringing black people into the country and you know he, his fear was that they were going to try to you know eliminate us kill us off um like they did you know native americans native american indians and uh which is you know uh what he was saying and so i found that so um basically like just the crux of the issue is that you know um white americans brought us to America into the country stole us from Africa our homeland uh, ripped us up from our culture and our roots brought us here and you know made us Americans made um, 
you know, black people, Americans, generations of us for hundreds of years um, are literally have lived, died, bled into the the land and the earth and it's ours. It's uh, it, it belongs to, you know, um, black people. And so now that you don't need us, how are you going to reconcile that with, you know, we no longer serve a need and there's this um that there has to be a a there was no plan obviously no one you know sought or saw the end of slavery happening and so now that's just you know the ultimate race relations question is what now what now um and I feel like that's an unanswered question. A lot of people don't want to own up to the past of, you know, why um, that they're not willing to share their country with us, that they don't understand that they owe um, us that equality. And I just... I felt like if more people thought about that more, uh, just about like, you know, we came here against our will and, you know, now you're telling us that you don't want us here. Um, it's, it, it's, <laughs> it's not, you know, really, it's such a privilege to be able to say, you know, we're going to disregard an entire human being just because we no longer have a use for you. And, you know, um, black people just aren't having it and that's not what's going to happen. And I thought, I think if more people, um, really turned their minds and looked at, you know, race relations in that, through that lens, um, it would provide some clarity on, um, you know, basically what's happening is, you know, uh, white people gained their privilege on the backs of African-American slaves. And that privilege has still carried on to this day. You know, um, everything about you know, who has the right to vote, who has the right to own land, who has the right to an education, who has the right to um, which jobs are being held, even the very definition of who and who is not a person has been written into the the laws of the land, uh, both in America and Canada, um, to try and keep the white uh privilege of hierarchy and that's what we say when we say systemic racism is that the things that white people view as normal are actually built on prejudice and hatred of black people so when the world was changing they wanted to make sure that the status quo always remained the same of slave and owner they wanted to make sure that there was always a disadvantage stacked up against a person of color and specifically you know um, in America black people and here uh, in Canada against um, indigenous people and black people there was slavery in Canada people like to 
forget that, especially here in Canada, but it, it was very real um, here as well. And um, I just, I feel like that's the, the, the question that's, um, you know, unanswered. I think everyone definitely was watching the inauguration recently of uh, President Joe Biden and Amanda Gorman's beautiful, beautiful poem that she wrote. And when she spoke about the land, um, you know, being unfinished, I thought, absolutely. I mean, we're still in a civil war. It's more civil than war at this point, but it's unfinished. You know, like I think people think that the work has been done. It's not done. We're not done. Equality, we haven't reached equality. The work is still going on. And it's just, um, it's unfinished. And I think one of the things that I've been hearing so much again in my work is that, you know, these things have been, uh, you know, happening since the summer, since, you know, um, the Black Lives Matter protests, you know, um, happened. And I was like, since the summer? What? And... <laughs> It's not, no, it's been going on much longer since that. There have been activists and voices and people carrying on this work well before just the summer of 2020. You know, this didn't just start with, um, you know, um, the unfortunate, you know, incident with uh, George Floyd. It just, the, you know, him getting murdered in the street. I think it's, you know, maybe that's when you started paying attention. <laughs> but it, I, you know, as a black woman, I've been paying attention to it. I've been a part of this for for much, much longer. So uh, yeah, if you're if that's part of your vocabulary, you should maybe think that through. And, you know, frame it as you know, I've started paying attention to it more. And as a black person, I'm telling you, I'm not going to be angry at it. Uh, everybody has to start their journey somewhere. If you're a little late to the party, that's fine. <laughs> um, but, you know, just own up to that. Don't just be like, oh, I just noticed it happening. Or, you know, I just, it just started happening. It, it, it it's, um, it's always been happening. So in this um, documentary as well, um, they, um, James Baldwin also has this very excellent statement where he basically just says, you know, that I am, you know, not your Negro. Um, I am a man. And it's, you know, he was basically saying, if you need me to be, then you need to ask yourself why why you cannot see me as a man and i thought yes 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 i think that people white people that are racist when they look inwardly and I know that in Canada it's a very very difficult thing a lot of people I spend a lot of time in white space for my job and um, they are so quick to you know white fragility uh, excellent book as well you should read that um, but 
they're so quick to dismiss their racist feelings. And one of the things I do um, that when I speak on this, and I've been I've been doing sort of like a road show around, um, you know, sharing my experiences on this, is just that everybody is socialized, you know, into this idea, this myth of white supremacy. And you have to unsocialize yourself from that behavior. It's like any anything else that you've learned. And so, you know, I always start off by saying, I love being black. I love it. I wouldn't change it for anything in the world. It's just like, I love being a woman. I love being Canadian. Um, but so much in my experience is that people tell me how you know they don't see race they don't see race and you know they say oh uh, i don't even think of you as you know black or you know and i was like excuse me and they think it's such a compliment to me it's not a compliment it's like saying you know try it's taking away a piece of my identity um, like saying like, you know, you don't see me as Canadian or you don't see me as a woman. It's just, you know, not seeing me as black isn't flattering. What you're implying is that not seeing me as black is a positive thing because you're stacking being white at the top of the pyramid, at the top of the hierarchy of good. And, you know, when black is below that. And I'm like, I don't, that's not a compliment to me. I like being black. I love being black. I love my black heritage and culture. Um, and the difference is I want equality. I don't want to take away my blackness. I want you to not see being black as um, being bad. That's that's what every black person wants. And I think I, again, you know, just looking at like old footage and my research and so fresh in my mind, um, you know, there was like signs out there and people were saying, you know, oh, um, N-word, I feel very uncomfortable saying the N-word. Um, so, you know, it said like on the sign, don't you wish you could be white? Let me say this again as loudly as I can to every white person who thinks that we are jealous of them. <laughs> The answer is no. I do not want to be white. I want white privilege. I want equality. That's what I want. I want to be just as black as I am, but with the privilege that comes along with being white. I, I you know, <laughs> it's just that's, that's it. I want to be as I am. I want to be black. I want to be Canadian. I want to be a woman. I want to be me as I am. I just want the world to be different. That's the um, that's the uh, that's it. That's it. I think a lot of people get that confused, and again, it just buys into the superiority of being white, like it's somehow fundamentally better. It's really not in my eyes. Again, I'm not, I love white people. I'm not putting white people down. I'm just saying that, like, I can't imagine being, um, not being black, even, you know, knowing how hard it is and, you know, how people see me. I really don't want to give it up. And I felt like that for such a long time um, because I love who I am. I love my people, um, you know, so I just, I feel like that's um, something a lot of people misunderstand when they think about you know 
and again, it's just the myth. I always, I never like to say just white supremacy. I like to say the myth of white supremacy. You can listen to that uh, podcast as well. So I, I love to put in the myth because I like it sounds sort of mystical and fake, like a fairy tale. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it um, it's meant to be a little provocative when I say the myth of white supremacy because uh you know people really do think that there's something superior in being white and and there's really really not um so i think that um yeah i I just think that's a very clear piece and so i want uh the yeah i want change i want change i don't want to change i want the world to change around me and I think there was oh, I'm trying to remember I think it was like an interview with Jerry Seinfeld and he was talking about like um when he was a kid growing up and uh, I think his dad or something like owned like a bike shop or he was working in a bike shop and um you know he there was this guy that always rode his motorcycle rain or shine and uh he just you know was you know riding his bike one time in the rain it was just pouring rain and he was on his motorcycle and you know he said like the guy was just so cool about it and he was like don't you you know wish you had like a you know a car or you weren't like riding the bike and he was like nah I just wish it wasn't raining and I was like that's sort of how I feel about you know like racism is you don't want to change the joy of riding on the bike you know you just don't want you you know it's obviously better to be riding as you are um you know it's just the weather that you just can't change you know I don't want to be white I just don't want the world to rain on my parade for being black so um thought that was another good way of trying to explain it so I just wanted to end uh by um you know if you're listening to this and you're um wanting to understand more about um what how you can be anti-racist I suggest reading the book white fragility if you're white if you are also you know person of color I think it was very um uh I read the book it's very eye-opening to me to sort of understand um white people's you know reaction um I mentioned how I said like a lot of people always like try to say oh I don't think of you as you know black and you know just the understanding why they would say that why they think it's like a positive um thing to say um so it really helped me understand that um that perspective you know um you can never really um you can always try and understand where someone else is coming from and that's what I like to do I always try and learn um, new things so I I highly recommend that Um, and uh, definitely watch I am not your Negro um, as well um, free on YouTube which is great Um, 
please, please, please um, comment, like, subscribe to uh, the Blockadian podcast so that you know uh, when new episodes are coming. I'm going to be continuing to talk about Black history uh, for the rest of February. So lots of interesting things to come. And yeah, I look forward to talking to you next time.